What's up, everybody? I'm Vaughn. I'm Jenny. Thanks for rocking with us. And you're listening to Chameleon Love. What is Chameleon Love? Chameleon Love stems from a conversation I had with my wife, just letting her know that my love for her will always change. It'll have to change in the season that she's in, in the time frame that she's in, no matter the situation that she's going through, my love has to adapt to her. Much like a chameleon adapts to their environment, they blend in. I have to make sure that I adapt to her love. I have to love her how she is, and as she continues to change, I'll have to continue to find ways to love her as she is in that particular time frame. That's chameleon love. All right, today's topic is going to be dating a woman with daddy issues. Now, this is a very, very, very sensitive topic, um, and it hits home for us most notably because um, my wife and her dad uh, don't talk. Um, their relationship is very strained, and when I first met her, the relationship was so-so, I guess you could say, like they spoke, but they didn't really speak a lot. Now it's to the point where they don't really talk at all. And so, um, you know, that was a very difficult dynamic that I had to kind of try to understand from her side of things, what she was dealing with, what she was going through in her life, how it came to that point, and is this something that I can be a part of or if it's just too much for me? I know a lot of women out there, they deal with issues with their fathers. They have issues with their fathers or they don't even know their father or they don't speak to their father. And it causes them to go through a whirlwind of emotions throughout their life. Um, and it can start from a, a little girl and it can go for it can go on, honestly, until they die or it can go on through college or at some point in time, it's going to come out and it's going to show that they yearn to have a dad in their lives. And so um, that was one of the things that I've learned since uh, Jen and I have started dating back in uh, 2010, where we were trying to figure out where well, I was trying to figure out more. So what exactly she needed from me? What was she looking for in me? Was she looking for a dad or was she not looking for a dad? I didn't know, but I had to ask her. So, you know, we've had many a discussions in regards to it. So she's going to talk to you more about it today. She's going to talk to me more about it today um, in terms of what she was dealing with mm -hmm. when I initially met her and how it affected her as a child growing into an adult. So, Jenny, um, I, I just want to ask, you know, what was the hardship that you had going from a little girl mm -hmm. growing into a teenager, mm -hmm. growing into a a woman that's in college mm -hmm. and then an adult that's trying to seriously date? Mm. How did that affect your path? Mm. Um, this particular topic hits home. You know very much for us as mm -hmm. a couple but for me personally right and um i'll be honest i was a little nervous about you know talking about this and confronting this because i knew this day would come but i will say that uh taking it back in order for me to really assess uh, the effect that the absence of my father has had on me, it'll be necessary for me to go back, right? right? And to revisit it from a little girl. So let let me just be clear. I 
was used to be really close to my father mm-hmm. when we were younger. You know, I how, think how, how, how old would you say? Um, a little girl, little girl, like elementary age, like elementary, elementary um, preschool, elementary. Mm-hmm. You know, where um, it's really easy to love your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go ahead and put that out there. Easy to love them. It's not much you have to do to prove to them. You don't have to really prove your love per se. Right. Um, you can, you know, there's certain, there's, just it's so easy. Yeah, they just love you regardless. You're, <laughs> you're my dad. Right. I, I love my dad. I don't care what he does. What sure. do, you know, I love my dad. And so I used to be a hardcore daddy's girl. So when I was growing up, had three brothers. So I was the princess of the house. So, and he used to be really hands on, not just with me, but my brothers right. as well. So I remember a point where he used to be a great father. He was a great father. Mm-hmm. I don't want to discount that. Um, and then I started to grow up. Right. Right. And when I started to grow up and started to get uh, come into myself in those preteen, those mm-hmm. middle school to preteen years, I started to see where the relationship was strained. Mm-hmm. Um, this started, you know, it started. I, I feel like the strain started there. So the strain started somewhere around in middle school. Yeah. When, when as a girl, a shift. yep. Cause you're, th- you're coming into, you know, you hit that puberty stage. You're coming into yourself as a young girl, right? You start feeling yourself. Start feeling yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, um, not really knowing, um, understanding what it is to be a woman, a female too, because mm-hmm. that's a whole nother, you know, that's a, those are, that's a whole nother level, um, phase that you go through as a young girl. Um, so we started to go through that and I remember my dad really, I think he meant well, but the, his delivery was so wrong mm. and that, that stuck with me. So when, when you say his delivery was wrong, yeah. do you mean like, what he said to you or the tone that he said it in some of the things that he said like, all of that kind of kind of explain all of that um all of that i think uh the way he used to say things to me was very harsh mm. i think the what he used to say to me was very demeaning mm-hmm. um i i think that he wanted to warn me about certain things and teach me about certain things but how he said it just wasn't okay and it wasn't well received Mm. Um, and so that it, it caused me to retreat. Like it started to, uh, encourage me to shut down. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, we know as, as parents dealing with children, you know, the one thing that they will do is they will shut down if they feel like you can't, if they can't relate to you. Right. And if you are judgmental, right. Um, if you're judgmental or if you just really don't care about how they feel, you just care about delivering your points and, um, you want them to listen to you because you're the parent Mm -hmm. and that's what it was. So in that relationship, you know, as a preteen going in there in elementary school, going into middle school, there's a lot of things that he did not want me to talk about he did not want to hear and I think a part of that was because he couldn't understand it he didn't want to understand it and he didn't know how 
to understand. Um, and so that, that, you know, caused me to, to shut down, not to tell him anything. Um, it made me feel very lonely mm. in that moment. And uh, my mom worked all the time you know, trying to provide for four children at that time. And my dad was pretty, you know, primarily there. He was, he was there in the household a lot, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't present. Mm. And I think that that was now that, you know, as I get, as I transitioned into a woman going into college and now you go into so you can take it from a little girl you're going to um, elementary school middle school and now you're in high school right and so now I'm trying to figure out what happens from here right because it went basically it went from oh my dad is the greatest in the world which is what most little girls think about their dad Mm mm-hmm in elementary school. Yeah. Then it goes to middle school and you start seeing some changes and you're like, well, he's kind of coming at me wrong. He's he's not really the, the, the guy I knew three years mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. But okay. And then now it's high school. Yeah. High school changes everything. everything. <laughs> your emotions, your estrogen, your everything changes. Yeah. When you reach that high school now level. So now you were starting to disconnect in middle school, mm-hmm. but now high school it's totally disconnected. Yeah. Kinda 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 walk walk us through what that was like. Yeah. Um, being so disconnected now from your dad. Mm-hmm. So now in high school I'm to a point to where now I'm I, I think I, I know who I am. I'm really trying to um, understand myself as a young woman now and college is right behind me. Um, so I'm just kind of like, all right, you know, I gotta I, I'm 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 ready, right? right? I'm ready but I'm not. So in high school, we go through um, another huge transition. I changed schools and um, went into, you know, honor societies and really just um, really committed myself into uh, the band and extracurricular activities and um, and my classes. So that made me happy, you know, that that I found my worth in that. But my dad also was charged with the responsibility of picking me up. You know, picking me up after school, making sure I got there on time. Mom worked, you know, worked an hour or so away. And so I relied heavily on him. You know, I relied heavily on him uh, throughout the day, uh, after school, um, for his support. And his support just wasn't there. It wasn't there when it came down to, un, you know, extracurricular activities or after school or anything like that. He picked me up and uh, that strain that started in uh, elementary and middle school just continued on through high school. So we get to high school and now we're barely talking. Right. And and, and, and now re- remind you now. Yeah. You guys are living in the same house. In the same house. This isn't. I see him every day. You know, living in another town Mm -hmm. or, you know, living a couple of miles away. Your dad is living in the household. But the dynamic of you guys' relationship is broken. It's toxic. Right. It's it's, it's toxic and it's um, hurtful to live in the same house with someone that you're disconnected from. Right. You know, Um, and so I just, I, for that man, when it came down from, 
to that love that I was missing there. I relied heavily on my eldest brother mm-hmm. uh, for that love. He um, connected with me in ways that I couldn't connect with my dad, even though he couldn't fill that void. Um, mm-hmm. But I connected with him deeply uh, and I relied on him, although it was uncomfortable. Some of the things I had to tell him or felt like I needed to talk to around that time being a, you know, a teenager. Right, right. <laughs> it wasn't the easiest conversations we had, but he helped me through that because I didn't have a dad to speak to. Right. I didn't and have a dad to talk to. because that's your big brother and that's yeah. what big brothers do. Yeah. But what I also realized is that also in um, high school, my parents were um, drifting apart and they had been for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was another strain on the household in itself, a household where, um, you know, your parents weren't really happy with one another. And so as a result, their happiness or their issue or um, their um, their demeanor, all of that played a part in who they uh, were as parents. Mm-hmm. And so for him, I don't know if it was just that he was unhappy, uh, angry, disappointed. I don't know what that was, whatever he was feeling, but that's exactly what I was getting. So whatever disappointment that he was dealing with personally, I was was actually getting it physically. Mm. And so uh, when I say getting it, uh, receiving it physically, he would be very short with me and we wouldn't talk. We would go, we would ride for 30 minutes plus in the car and say nothing. Can you imagine? Saying, you know, riding in the car every day um, with someone that you're supposed to be you know, um, loving right. the, who's supposed to love you unconditionally and right. you can't connect with them. Right. Um, so that was very hurtful. So already I already had that going against me whenever I would go into school. And so in high school, um, that's kind of what I dealt with. That's how, um, that hurt and that pain and the decisions that I made. And, um, my dad was, you know, very, very negative. I think in his way, he would tell me, uh, you know, warn me about certain things, boys and different things like that. But it would come out so negative mm. that I didn't receive it at right. all. So uh, his meaning or his delivery or his um, uh, his point was lost. It Within was, that, because was his delivery was yeah. off. Yeah. So I, I remember having a friend um, of mine and I remember talking to that friend and she would say, she, she had, you know, a strained relationship with her dad as well. Mm-hmm. And she would say his way of telling her not to be fast, so to speak, was to say, hey, don't be out there being a hoe and, and, and get pregnant. And it's just like, what? Mm. How about talking to me about sex first? How about talking to me of how boys are and what their intentions are as opposed to just yeah. telling me... Don't be out there being fast, being a hoe, and, and, and end up getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was one of the things that my dad prided him. You know, I think he prided himself in saying, you know, um, you're very smart. Don't get pregnant. Don't do that. You're going to mess around and do that. You're going to get pregnant. I'm telling you, you're going to get pregnant. And, you know, we always say that uh, the power of life and death is in the tongue, right? So yeah, be careful about what you say and what you say to your children and what you pour out to people because you will end up speaking that over their lives. And so, um, (laughs) there's, there's a a truth moment here, a moment in my life where I'm not proud of, but it happened. So as a result of that, um, you you know, that, that negativity and what I was going through, um, I end up getting pregnant at 17 Mm. right before college Mm. so 
<laughs> so now you're you're 17. Yeah. You're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing your dad's voice saying, mm-hmm. don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. Every minute. And what did I do? And you went and did exactly I went and did exactly what he said I was going to do. Mm. And so, so you talk about anger and mixed emotions and being scared. So in that moment, not was I just scared, but I was angry. Right. I was angry at myself that I gave, you know, that my mom would, would go to work and depend on me to, you know, do what I need to do and trusted me to do these things. And everybody around me, I had a great support system and my God mom and different, you know, other women who supported me mm-hmm. uh, or other people who supported me. And then I still went and got pregnant. 17. Mm. And I think that that was one of the darkest moments in my life going into adulthood. Yeah. Right. Because I was accepted to college, you know, due to go to college in August. Right. And now I'm pregnant at 17 right before. You see your whole life flash. All my life. Li- my whole life. Every, is now going down everything is gone. It's, now it's, what am I'm I going to sure do? What, what am I going to do? I don't want to be in this house anymore. I don't want to be with, you know, re- be around my parents. This toxicity Mm -hmm. you know what they were going through and you know they were in the midst of again they were in the midst of a divorce as well around that time and my brother was going to the military you know Travis I remember him going to the military shout out Travis yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love my big brother but um he was going to the military and that was the only man so now think about that so now I got the only man that I could relate to Mm -hmm. gone gone so right he's deployed so let me stop you not to cut you off let me stop you right there so you're 17 yep you and your dad don't really talk right very strained relationship Mm -hmm. your mom works a lot yes so you don't really see her as much because she's working a lot. Focus on providing, yeah. The only guy that you really can talk to and go to, and it's more like your personal diary, mm-hmm. is getting ready to go to college. I mean, I'm sorry, he's getting ready to go to military. Yeah, deploy. He's getting ready to be deployed. Mm-hmm. And so, and you have two younger brothers. Yes. So you have an older brother that's getting ready to go. You have two younger brothers that you're having to take care of. Yeah. Because yeah. you're basically keeping the household and everything together. While my mom works. While your mom works. Yeah. You're making sure your brothers are taken care of. Which their relationship was strained with my dad too, so. And, and their relationship was yeah. strained. Mm-hmm. You get accepted to college. Yep. You're excited about getting out of the town so that you're excited. in. You're excited about <laughs> going to college. This is it. This is my break. This is this my is moment. It. I'm out this moment. Yeah. And I'm done. then I made you it. End up getting pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And the walls come crumbling down. Mm. That's a lot for a 17 year old bear. That's a lot, a mm, hell of a mm, lot mm, for a 17-year-old to bear mm, that's yeah. trying to better their life, mm. that's trying to be better than their parents, that's trying to give themselves a, a, a good shot at life yeah. when you get pregnant. So there goes my self-worth. Right. Okay, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, there goes my self-worth. I'm what, already not knowing who I was and what I was worth and confused about what I'm worth and who should have me and in what capacity. Um, now I'm pregnant. Right. 
by someone clearly that doesn't love me. Right. So, um, but that's what I did. So that was my reality. So a couple of months before college, um, I get pregnant and I'm thinking to myself immediately, I'm thinking, I went for a couple of months, actually went to the doctor and they told me that I was uh, a couple of weeks and then um, end up being so much farther along because mm-hmm. I didn't realize what was going on. I'd never been pregnant before. I immediately thought to myself, I can't keep this. I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I don't know how, what, or when, but I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. And so that was the beginning of keeping my secrets. Right. Right. And building my walls of trust. So already, you know, trusting was nothing. You know, I didn't have, I didn't understand what it was to trust anyone. Right. The one person that I did trust, mis, you know, uh, right. misused me and, and uh, abused me to that extent, to a certain extent. Because you're figuring, if I can't trust my dad, I can't trust any, any man. man yeah. At all. That's exactly what I thought. Like, right. who am I, how am I ever going to be honest with any other man when I can't be honest with the one man I should be? Mm, you know who how, how am I gonna do that how am I gonna give myself to another man wholeheartedly when I don't really know number one who I am and the one man that should have wanted me didn't right so I you know that that was one of that's where that um you know, that brokenness started Mm-hmm. So it started there and I really start assessing my worth, which I didn't have much of it. And what was I going to do? I couldn't keep the baby. I had to go to college. I felt like I needed to do that with for myself. Right. I, I don't care. You know, at this point, I'm right, like, right. do whatever I have to do. So long story short, um, it worked out that mom was at work one day and um, just this change in schedule allotted me to abort the baby. Mm-hmm. And that is when I chose in my head, I had already chosen to do that for myself. Um, And I chose um, the abortion. And so, um, let's, you know, that was a whole nother I'm sure piece of it, right? Time. Very, very dark time. Trying to, trying to go to college. Yeah. And you had to abort the baby. Right. And now Boyfriend at the time, you know, didn't know what to do, what was going on. And I didn't know what was going on. And so, um, I, I chose to abort the child and, and that's what I did. And, um, it was a very tough time for me. That right there in itself was very, um, rough. And I, I just felt, I felt my self-worth go out the window right. I, I, as as I knew it like who am I how could I do this you know so much guilt that I felt um, and so I did that process alone I went and had that abortion alone I came home um, I had you know I, I could I was staying in my room for a couple of for days at a time just bleeding I didn't know what was going on and thankfully you know um, I was able to recover but I never that was a secret that I kept with myself for for a long time yeah that was me and 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 that at that moment I was just me and God de- dealt with that and yeah. understood uh, what that moment was like right because nobody knew I right. never told anyone other than my boyfriend at the time um, I stood right in the house and didn't say anything to anybody right um and for years and years you know 10 years plus no one ever knew about that but i went to college right so after that happened yep you know i'm sure it was traumatic yep and now you have to now pick yourself back up Mm -hmm. and get ready to go into college Mm -hmm. to live on your own Mm -hmm. and to you know try to get an education yeah so you go to college and, you know, I'm sure you started dating in college. How was dating in college for you, given what you've gone through yeah. over the past, 
let's just say four years. Yeah. Over the past four years, you're now a freshman in college. Yep. And, you know, you start dating your sophomore, junior, senior years. You're dating. How is dating in college? Yeah. So I had the abortion in July. Uh, around my birthday, um, 18th birthday. And then I went into college in August. Mm -hmm. So that was that just to speak from that perspective, that was a quick turnaround time, right? Right. For something drastic to happen, then turn in to go to college, turn around and go to college. And then I had to pour all of myself into college. And that's what I did. Um, And how was it going through college and and dating? I just didn't care. By the time I got to college, I was so cold. Um, My trust was uh, in in men was nothing. Uh, I didn't trust anyone. And I met some really cool and, and great guys through college in college that had really great hearts but because I was so torn and um broken I I couldn't see it if it if it sat right next to me right, right, I right. couldn't see the goodness in men if it sat right next to me you I didn't, know what a, yeah, what a good man, what, what a good like man because looked you didn't like. have one I assume that everyone lied yeah. I assume that you're in college so you're not trust you know you're not trustworthy anyway I assume that you were out to get me and right. so that is how I dated. I dated with the uh, mindset of I get you before you get me. What does that mean? Well, you're not going to hurt me before I hurt you. Right. So it was always I had to have the one up on, on any man that I dated. You had to have the control. Yes. The control kept me safe. Right. Control kept me from being hurt. It kept me. Uh, it kept me guarded. It was a defense. mechanism. It was a defense mechanism. And I didn't have to let you in. Right. Yeah. So you didn't know me. So anybody I would venture to say that anybody that dated me or I dated at that time, um, I'd never that never knew the real Jennifer. So essentially it was like the like the mirrors that they have in those interrogation rooms where the people that's behind the mirror can see you. Right. But you can't I can't see in there, but you can see me. So that's essentially what it was like. Right. Like it was like, okay. I'm going to look at everybody and I'm yeah. going to get everybody's information mm-hmm. and I'm going to get inside of their date, mind date and, them. and whatever, date mm-hmm. them, but they're not going to know who I am No, at all Never, because I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed yeah. about what I've been through and the fact that I really don't know who I mm-hmm. am. So I really can't tell you who I am, A, because I don't yeah. want to, B, right. because I don't know. Yeah. And my self-worth, I, what is that? Right. What's self-worth? <laughs> Oh, okay. That was something I was supposed to be taught when I was little. Okay. Well, I never got that. And so now I'm a young woman and I still don't know what that is and what that looks like. And so, um, dating through, dating through college, um, my first couple of years was very, um, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, guys ask me all the time, like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so mean? Or, or I just want to be, you know, I just want to be your friend. I just want to talk to you. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what that is. What do you want? Right. What do you want from me? Cause every time all in all of my life, anybody that I've associated with or gotten close to has wanted something in return. So what right. do you want? And so it was not, um, it, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to myself. I didn't realize that, but it wasn't fair to anybody that I dated as well. And I, again, I'm, some really good people with really good hearts and I had a good heart Mm -hmm. but I just didn't have what it took to accept what they were ready to give right at that time so so then so you dated through college hurt a lot of people hurt a lot of people (laughs) um but I was good Right, because yeah. you because you were guarded. Yeah, you 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 were guarded. Your guard was up all the time. Yeah, you had a great wall of china around it all the time. So <laughs> for a long time, you know, it helped me out. Your heart was inside of Fort Knox. It yeah. wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> Nobody was to coming anybody. to anybody. No, 
And in fact, you even dated a guy uh-huh. for what, a couple of years uh-huh. who really didn't have your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you had his. Yeah. From, but he from day one thought he had yours. He did. But he really didn't. It's true. And you and you only and I, I'm sure you don't mind me. Saying, yeah. You only, you only <laughs> dated him out of pity. Did him out I of pity. I did. I did. I dated him because there are certain things that I that he was he needed from me from a mother's standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that being the mom to my brothers, essentially, while my mom wasn't there, that I would give that off. What was I giving off? I, you nurturing know, and effect. that nurturing effect. So I still had that because it was a part of me. Right. But I didn't realize that the man that I was dating at that time uh, needed that. He had a void. Mm-hmm. And I was filling that void from a mothering perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, from, from the you know perspective of being a, a mom, like from a, a, a mother's standpoint. And I didn't know that I had that, that I possessed that that talent. I didn't know that. Um, I knew that I had, a, again, I knew that I had a good heart and I meant well, but I didn't know that that mothering and that nurturing uh, was needed. And I, mm-hmm. that's what I gave him. And so I dated him out of pity, like what was going on? I could fix it. Thought I could fix it. Thought I could, you know, it's a psychology major right. in that moment. So I... I just knew I could, yeah, I could fix you. I could fix it. I could take care of it. And um, in reality, I really didn't care enough to fix it. And so dating him became a job. Mm. It wasn't fun. I knew what I had to do. I knew that. And then I felt bad enough that I had treated him bad and treated other people bad in the past. And then I had, remember, I felt bad how I had, I'm bad about how I treated myself. And so also in that same, in that same, um, in the same line, I felt like I owed him. Right. Like, the, you uh, you, obligated. yeah, I felt obligated. Like you did this and you, you've done these things in the past and you, you know, you've done some pretty messed up things. So the least you could do is be here for somebody. Right. And that's what I did. Okay. So, yeah. You date him in college, post-college, kind of like right after you got out of college. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't work out. And then we meet. Yeah. And we started, you know, I think we kind of, it it, it took a few weeks for us to click. Mm -hmm. Um, You're very standoffish. And in, in fact, defense mechanism. in fact, let me say this. In fact, we were, we met at when we first started Wachovia. Yeah. And we would all go eat lunch. Me and, you know, a couple of the other coworkers that was in our training class. We would mm-hmm. go eat lunch and I could never find Jenny. Where's, has anybody seen Jennifer? Where is she? She you know, it's about five or six of us. <laughs> That's going to the cafeteria and that's going to eat together. Nobody ever finds Jenny. Where, where, where is she? <laughs> and then so I see her in the cafeteria way in the corner <laughs> on the phone. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> so me being the person that I am, I get up, I yeah. walk over there and I sit down in front of her yeah. while she's still on the phone. I waited till she finished her conversation. Yeah. And I said, hey. Um, this is my first time seeing you in the cafeteria. It's been like we we've, we've, we've been training for two weeks now. My first time seeing you in the cafeteria. Where do you go for your lunch? Mm-hmm. Well, well, I go sit in my car and I <laughs> wait. You go sit in your car and eat lunch. What kind of hermit crab are you? 
So, so we start talking, and you know, I come, I come to find out she was, she was talking to her brothers. Her and her brother talked on, on, on lunch, and her, yeah. her brother has a dynamic relationship, and it's pretty. That's awesome. another podcast again in itself. It's pretty they, awesome. Yeah, they have, they have a really great relationship. That's my bro. Shout out to uh-huh. So. You end up, you start coming in now, and you start, as I called you out on the whole car thing, yeah. which is still weird to this day, <laughs> 10 years later. But Don't judge me. You start eating with us. Yeah. We start connecting. We start hanging out. And you start, uh, eventually, you, it, it, and it took a while for you to open up to me. Yeah. And I remember you used to you used to lie to me, and mm-hmm. I know you was lying yeah. to me. I knew you were lying. Yeah. But I didn't care enough at that time because we, we we were still like fresh. Yeah. So I didn't care enough at that time to to be like, all right, I would just let you know, hey, I know you lying. I know right. this in BS. But you know, I would move on because it wasn't serious to me because we were just kicking it at the time. We were smashing. Let's be honest. Yes. You know, yeah. we were kicking it and smashing <laughs> at the time. I didn't care. Nothing else really mattered. Nothing. Nothing really mattered. Yeah. But then as we started to kick it more, and I started to adore hanging out with you then i was like all right something's wrong something's up so now you're now you're lying to me and Mm -hmm. now i'm like okay it's starting to bother me yeah so now i'm like yo i know you i I know that's not true so what's up and that was the first time somebody ever really called you out on your lies and stood up to you so to speak you know, mm-hmm. even though you're only five two, but you know, it's first time somebody hey. ever stood up to your little Tasmanian My personality was bigger, and 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 be like, hey, I know you're a little short, but lying yeah, to me, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, what's up? And then, so you kind of broke it down, and and you started letting me in. Yeah. And I think that was probably the first time you really started letting me in because yeah. it would be like. You would be letting me in on stuff mm-hmm. and I would be listening and we would be talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's like you would realize you'd be like, oh, sh- I, I'm, I'm, I'm letting them in too much. Real, real up, real up, real back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, OK, and I would fall back, fall back. You let you letting them in too. you get, you letting him get too close to you. Yeah. And I could tell that sometimes. And like the conversation would just shift mm-hmm. immediately to sports or something like that. And it's yeah. just like, well, we just had. But I also had to respect that. And I had to realize, like, this is very difficult for her. Right. So as we continue to date and as we continue to talk more and more, those walls started coming down eventually. Yeah. Now, it took a couple of years for those walls to come down. I mean, down. long time. It took a couple <laughs> of years. Long time. But I knew they started falling. And once the walls started falling down and I could really see who you are. Yeah. Or, or, or who, who you were, then that helped me be like okay this is what's going on with her i can i can work with this because to be honest initially i didn't know if i was gonna be able to do i I knew you told me you and your dad didn't really talk and and i couldn't understand that i you know i was asking a ton of questions i'm sure you were tired Mm -hmm. me asking those questions but i needed to know this stuff to know if this is something that i want to deal with or if i want to throw the deuces and be like i'm out i'm not i'm not dealing with this that's real stuff that's that's real stuff again it goes back to the gamble Right. You know, what are you willing to risk? Right. It's a huge gamble. Yeah. Because you don't know who you're going to get and you don't know the effects of who you're going to get. And I think that's important. So when you started to, you know, when we started to date, you were the first man that uh, actually gave me, presented himself to me in a Mm. different light. I'd never met a man like you. Okay. Girl, don't Uh, you hold back when you're talking about (laughs) me. You better tell him. Never. Um, you, you hold I no will say at the, 
That's, you you know I don't. Girl. You know I don't. Um, I talk now. But I had never met a man like you um, that had been so open and real mm-hmm. at the same time. And in 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 the past, you're right. I could control everything. I was in control. I controlled and manipulated the relationship. Period. Right. So there wasn't anything that I had to uh, reveal. There was no reveal for me. Um, they didn't have to know me. But when I first, when I met you, that was the first time that I said, all right, this is different. He's different. He's going to require something different of me. I can't just tell him anything. Right. And the fact that you were so open and honest with me up front, because I think you were just transitioning out of relationship too. Mm-hmm. Um, you were up front with me about everything. You were like, this is what it is. I don't want you to get it twisted. This is where I am. This is how it's going to be. And that was the first time that I had ever met a man or um, met someone or came, um, come into contact with someone who let me know what it was from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I admired that about you. I admired the fact that you were honest and real upfront. And so as we began to um, connect and talk, I'm like, okay, just maybe, just maybe he won't judge me. Maybe I can talk to him. Maybe so because you remember, you know, self-worth, you trust, you know, that trust, everything has been broken. So just maybe I can talk to him and maybe he won't judge me and maybe, and just maybe he won't walk away. Right. And and I, I remember... We were, I think we might have been engaged um, or we, we, we either were just engaged or we hadn't got engaged yet, but we were dating. And I remember, you know, your, your dad would call like every so often. Yeah. It might be like once every seven or eight months or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I could see how it would affect you. And mm-hmm. I remember telling you like, look, you got to go down there and you got to have a conversation with him. Yep. And you got to be honest and open with him. And that's one thing that you never did. You were never honest and straightforward no. and open, raw, and uncut with nope. him. And that's the type of family I came from. Yeah. You were direct. You were honest. Yeah. You were open. It may, it may come off cold. Yeah. But you're getting your point across and saying what you need to say to this person. And I said, look, I know that's not necessarily in your nature, but you need to be open and honest with him. You need to have a conversation. And you went down there and yeah. you listened. Uh, and, and I and fought that for, I fought it for a minute. You did. Cause I didn't you want. Did. I didn't it took, want it, it yeah. took a few months. I didn't want to do it. It actually happened. Yeah. But I'm glad that you told me that because that was also you letting me know that we can't go forward if you don't take care of this. This right. is a this is a deeper right. issue. Because I didn't want this popping up every every six, yeah. seven months. It's popping up in our relationship every time he calls you or decide to talk to you for five takes minutes. Me back to a certain and then place. it takes you back and then I'm left and it with did. The pieces to pick up. Yeah. It wasn't fair to me. And and you know, and that was the part that I didn't know. Subconsciously I didn't realize that. So all Although, you know, you and I were so real with each other and you were open and I was giving I was giving you information. I was letting you in on who I was. I also felt like, man, maybe subconsciously this guy's filling the void. Mm-hmm. He's filling a void. And I didn't realize that I was dating for a dad at that time. You know what mm. I mean? I didn't know that I, that was different. You know, that's also a, a, that was an aha moment for me. Right. Who? Right. What are you dating for? Are you looking for a dad? Are you looking for a father? Are you looking for you know, for who are you? What are you dating for? Um, And so I didn't realize that. And then that's when you told me, you know, you got to go fix this. There's some healing that needs to be taken care of. And you have, you have, 
however that feels for you, you have to do that. And right. so I went and had a conversation with him, and that was a tough conversation in itself. But long story short, um, the conversation was productive for me because I was able to release everything that I had been holding for years. Mm-hmm. But it was counterproductive because he didn't. I don't know if he chose not to remember or conveniently didn't remember, whatever the case I'm may sure be. I'm sure he chose not to remember. <laughs> but <laughs> Most he, people don't want to remember the, yeah, the, 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 the things, things that, they, that they've done, right? That they've done or didn't do. He was right. not open to that. He apologized, but he wasn't open to owning right. what I felt. And so sure. in that moment, I, I felt like, man, all right, well, I don't know what to do from here. I can't control it. But I knew that I had to take the steps to healing. So sure. now we're going into and getting ready for, for marriage. You and I going into being engaged, you know, getting preparing to get engaged and um, preparing to get married. And so I still had that place that I had to where I had to open um, and, and, and heal from. And so counseling, you know, that's one of the first things that you and I had to do mm-hmm. in marriage counseling. A lot of that came out. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that we had to deal with before getting married, before right. going into that. Like we weren't going to take this. We were choosing not to take this hurt and this pain, certain levels of hurt and pain into our marriage. Right. Now, so. Now, you and your dad, you guys still have a strained relationship. Right. Um, you don't really talk at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and my dad have a really good relationship. You guys have a a true father-daughter relationship mm-hmm. that I, I didn't see coming. And I'm not saying that because, you know, my, my dad wouldn't do that. I'm, my, yeah. my dad's a great dad. And... And you know, it, it it doesn't surprise me. I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um briefly talk about that. How 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 you know you and my dad connected so much and you know the dynamic of you guys' relationship. So let's just let's just say um when we first met and I went to Jersey uh with you and to meet your um to meet your your family mm-hmm. and your dad and your grandmother. Um Man, it was such a it it, it was it was surreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, your dad welcomed me from the beginning. He loved me from the beginning. It, a part of he didn't know me, but he was so open to getting to know me. Mm-hmm. I and over the years, I can truly say that we've worked on that. I think I was so impressed with your sister. You have a younger sister, mm-hmm. and I was impressed with how he fathered her. You know, the connection that he had with her um, and how he treated her. And I was like, man, that's so awesome. I wish I had that. You know, I would tell myself, I wish I had that. But then your dad and I began began to connect in a way that allowed me to heal. You know, um, I didn't realize that was my healing process. You you know, bringing your dad in, uh, welcoming him into my life was going to um, allow me to heal. But it did. And he and I have worked diligently on um, perfecting our our relationship, uh, our connection as a father, daughter. We're open with one another. We talk. Um, and I could, I, I really remember thinking to myself like, man, this is what I would have loved to have, mm-hmm. you know, in a dad. And I get that in my father-in-law. I'm so blessed to have that now. And so now, you know, fast forward, um, almost six years later, um, we've been knowing each other for almost 10. We are still closer than ever. Like that is still one of my best friends, right. you know, in a, in a father. And so he's taught me about self-worth. He's taught me about, um, 
healing. He's taught me about the, um, about who I am as a woman and, um, who I need to be, mm-hmm. you know, going forward. And so I appreciate that because I now where I didn't know and where I didn't get it. And I want to just, you know, briefly touch on that also, just because you didn't get it as a little girl doesn't mean you can't get it. Yeah. And I think I went through life thinking that, Oh, that was it. You know, that yeah. was to say all be all I'm, I'm not going to get it again, but it took me to mature and it took me and uh, healing and, and therapy, lots right. of therapy sessions right. to realize that I am as good as I tell myself I am. Okay. And so you have to, and, and so that in itself helped me to, to evolve. So final thought. Yeah. Um, there's any young girls, older women, mm-hmm women all ages that's dealing with the issue of not really being on the same level as their dad or having a estranged relationship with their dad or a strained relationship with their dad what advice would you give them hmm. i would really say um therapy has helped me a lot so to find someone that they can confide in um and which is normally to me a therapist because there's an unbiased opinion but therapy uh, helped me to understand who i am who i um and and where i'm going uh and it helped me to heal from within Uh from the inside out uh and knowing that um that also helped me to understand that people can't give you what they don't have. And my dad didn't have the capacity to give me That's so true. that I needed That's so true. what I needed when I needed it. So what I have to realize is that I have to give him grace for that. And I have to forgive him for that. But so also forgive myself for the things that I didn't do yeah. for the things that I did, um, for the things that I will do, mm-hmm. you know, just forgive myself and constantly give myself the grace that God gives me every day. Um, and so I, I think just being, being accepting and owning who you are and not being afraid to tell your story and share it so right. that someone else coming after you, um, you know, can benefit. So I would just tell it, you know, any young girls or any women or anything with a place, any woman with a, um, a void, um, is that you are capable. You're capable yeah. of, of overcoming. You're capable of being loved. You're capable of succeeding and successfully loving people and someone successfully loving you as well. And just know that your self-worth is everything. What you, you are what you think of yourself. That's some good stuff. And be right bold there. in that. That's some good stuff right there. Thank you so, so much for being open and honest with everybody. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm sure babe. someone's gonna take this and internalize it and um hopefully it can help them through a situation that they may be going through. And thank you for supporting me. Thank you for loving me unconditionally and thank you for hanging in there and supporting me enough through my adversity so that I am I can love you to the best of my ability. That's my job and that's what I do. <laughs> Um, so thank you all for uh, listening in on the Chameleon Love Podcast. We'd like to thank you so much yes, for your love you and guys. your support. Um, stay tuned for the next episode, and we appreciate you. And again, thanks for rocking with us, and yeah. you're listening to Chameleon Love. Chameleon Love.